Hallelujah. Let's get going. Man, God is good. Father, I pray today that, God, as we open up our hearts to receive of you, that, Father, that the Holy Spirit would customize this message for us. That, God, where we are right now, you know. You know everything about that. You know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, God, you have the solution to all of our problems that we're facing right now and tomorrow. And, God, we walk in faith, believing that the answer is on the way. And everybody today in agreement said, Amen. Amen. An attorney and a senior citizen man got on an airplane and sat down on the same row. The attorney was feeling pretty smart that day, and he said, I tell you what, let's play a game. In which the senior citizen man said, you know what, I'm a little tired. He said, wait, wait, wait. He said, the attorney said, I'll tell you what, I'll make it interesting. If I ask you a question and you cannot answer it, you have to give me $5. And the senior goes, what? I don't know. He said, I'll make it more interesting. If you ask me, I'm an attorney. I've got a lot of answers. If you can ask me a question and I cannot answer it, I'll give you 500 The senior assistant man thought a minute and said, okay, let's go. So the attorney looked at him and said, what's the distance from the earth to the sun? The senior citizen thought a little bit, and reached in his pocket, and he pulled out $5, and he gave it to the attorney. The attorney said, okay, hit me with a question. The man thought a minute, he says, okay, what goes up the hill with three legs and comes down with four legs? The attorney went crazy. He went on his computer and he Googled it. He thought a minute. And then he called a couple friends that he thought was smart to give him the answer. Nobody had the answer. Finally, in defeat, the attorney reached in his pocket and pulled out $500 and he gave it to the senior citizen man. The senior reached over and kind of went back to sleep. The attorney went crazy. He could not go on without knowing the answer. He woke him up and said, you got to give me the answer. What is the answer? What goes up the mountain with three legs but comes down with four? The senior man thought a minute, reached in his pocket, and he pulled out $5. (laughs) Aren't you glad that God has the answer this morning? Really? You know, during this Christmas holiday, I want you to set a goal. And, and you don't have to, of course. You can be the Grinch. You can be whatever. Uh, but I want you to set a goal that you smile more and laugh more in the next, you know, few days leading up to Christmas, even on Christmas, than you had before. Well, Pastor, I don't laugh much. I think it's kind of silly. Well, it is not. Because what's going on on the inside is acted out on the inside or on the outside. And a lot of times during our worship, you know, I, I want to encourage you to realize that. That our worship is for God, is to worship God and what's on the inside. What's going through the inside of us is acted on the outside. Uh, during Christmas, you know, there's people that will say, you know, I'm not going to go to any Christmas parties. And, you know, I really don't exchange gifts and stuff. Realize you're the one that's getting robbed. 
Because a family and relationships are so important. And I want to encourage you because, you know what, we got so many good people. And you guys, I guess I could say that you got it going on. I mean, there's some great people in our church. And, you know, I, I just love being around you. And uh, thank you for all that you're doing um, just just in your journey with God and, and life. And some of you are going through things. You've been through things. Gwen was sharing some of the things that went on in the, the women's Christmas party. And I was just, wow. Just some people that are sitting beside you and around you, you don't know their story. And, and God is doing some amazing things um, that you don't know. But trust me that you're, you're a part of a church that God is working in through the people of this church. You know, the, the, the message today has been just on my mind. And, and so it, it's, it's last week part of it and then this week. And we'll see where God leads us next week. But, you know, the, when, when I come to this place in my life, and, it, and I'm, I feel as young, some of you know this, and feel this, that your brain is about like a, you know, that you feel young in your brain, about 20 or whatever, whatever you think was your prime as far as your physical age. But there, there's something about being in, in the age that I am, and I haven't experienced any older, so you guys are blessed or even older than I am, to, to know the goodness of God if you've allowed God to be God in your life. There's a whole lot of difference of people that know of a God and people that have a relationship with God. Now, now this morning when we talk about what kind of what we started last week on the life of Gideon, if you're like me, is when you hear something, there's a trigger, and there's a habit of jumping to conclusions. What I, what I found out in my life is it's not what I know, but what I remember when I'm going through it, how to handle that problem. Because I, can I tell you this, I, I've, I've studied the Bible. I don't know all the Bible because I think it's endless, the revelation that can come to me. And I think that that's where arrogance is built up and all that. I've heard that, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. No, you haven't. But at the same time, I, I've heard a lot of messages in my life and I've heard the word of God and I've studied the word of God. But I still go through times in my life that it is amazing how I knew that and I went through it because, I, again, until the Holy Spirit reminds me through a passage of Scripture, it's almost like I don't know it because I don't use it. I don't take advantage of the words of God spoken over my life. In the story of Gideon, now, last week we talked about embracing your God-given identity. Uh, his perspective was that he was a nobody, but God's perspective is that he was a warrior. Now, I'm going to kind of give you really quick for the people that have never heard the story of Gideon, <clears throat> the story of Gideon. The Israelites have by faith, now a second generation, the first generation said, we can't go in, they're too big. The enemy is too big to go in there and conquer them. The second generation, their children say, hey, we're tired of the wilderness we're tired of you know hearing about slavery. We want what God has promised. They ha they had to have a little grit to be able to step out in faith. They stepped out in faith, and God really did what He said that He was going to do, and provided 
lands that they did not build or houses that they did not build, olive groves and, and vineyards and stuff. that they, they, they trusted God, and he came through exactly what he said. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 28 is the chapter of the blessing. And I want you to see this because it will be undertones in Gideon's life. In Deuteronomy 28, they're not even in the promised land yet. And God says, hey, if you fully follow me and my commands, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the country. You'll be blessed going in. Blessed. To sum it up, you'll be blessed in everything you do. But one of the things of the blessing of God says that when the enemy comes against you one way, big, bad, and bold, you know, here they come all marching in, intimidating. He says, because of me, they're going to be leaving in seven different ways. Another word in the Civil War was called skedaddling. I mean, that was every man for themselves, just run. Gideon has been a child of people that have experienced the promise. They experienced the crossing of the Jordan. They've experienced the crossing of the Red Sea. They've experienced the goodness of God, but he has just heard about it. He is not a person that has actually experienced it. Now, I'm going to kind of go back on some of the truth that we've studied is your belief system, and if you know it or not, you have a belief system, and out of the belief system, you'll make choices, and those choices out of that will put you in an experience. And a lot of times, you're so prophetic because you're prophesying over your future. I can't do that. See, I didn't do it. Gideon is a child that's never experienced the goodness and the circumstances of his day have spoken to him that God no longer is with you. Now watch this. It is reality. I'm not saying that it was all in his mind. It was reality that there was two major enemies called the Amalekites and the um, Midianites, I believe it was. Well, they're just enemy. Two big armies of groups of enemy that came against them. Now watch this. This is something so important. The Bible says the problem is that at a time of harvest, when the planting had been done in the harvest, this group of men, this army of people would come down on Israel. Remember, Israel is part of the uh, fertile crescent. It is the place where everything grows. The enemy, they don't want to do the work. They just want to come in and get it. The Israelites did the work. They planted the seed. Here's the harvest, and here comes the enemy, and they would come, the Bible describes it as locust, and just take everything. Come on, that's not fair. Can I just be honest? Life isn't fair. Took everything, impoverished them. This is a key word. It's found in Judges 6 when it says that the enemy impoverished them. They were so impoverished. They were so poor. They were in poverty. They were broke, busted, and disgusted. They were just down. Everybody with me on that? You, you know that maybe you can pick up. Some of us are in that place today. The enemy came in and would take everything away. You could say it this way. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, again, there's details that are left out of this that are hideous of them coming down and stealing. 
You know, they just didn't come in and steal. They did other things too. The enemy was there. And of course, this is reality. This is happening. But those circumstances that are in reality, instead of speaking against those, instead of saying, you know what, God, there must be something wrong because you promised us something that you'd never leave us nor forsake us. Something's happening here. What, what can we correct in our lives as a nation? Instead of that, they began to put up with that. They began to build their houses in the rocks and caves and the, the strongholds that would protect them. The enemy could still come through and steal everything. So the story of the character or the person that we're talking about is using an example as the word of the New Testament says that they're there. These stories are for our examples. Is that Gideon is in a wine press threshing wheat which is part of the process to eventually make it into bread or food. He's in a place of a wine press to hide from the enemy. Now listen, this is going to be the hero. This is the star of the story. God comes and really, in, and let me just put it this way, he reaches down into that wine press and says, do you want to get out? Now we used to sing that song, you set my foot on a rock, you know, the miry clay. Everybody remember that one? I'm not going to say it exactly or you'll be singing it in your head the rest of the morning. All right. This is what God's doing to a guy that's, man, God, this is reality. This, when, when the angel of the Lord shows up, and I've always questioned, did he really realize it was an angel? Later he'll Read the story. It's a fascinating story. Genesis, or I'm sorry, Judges, Judges chapter 6. Later, he will prove himself as an angel, which would have, should have confirmed all this that went on. I don't know about you, but if I say an angel, I say, okay, it's true, it's real. But he begins to argue when the angel says, hey, what I want you to do is realize that I'm going to take you, mighty warrior, and I'm going to bring you to a place of leading an army and it's going to be an impossible situation that you can't defeat, but because, because, listen, because, are you ready? This is, this is, this is, because I'm with you, you will be victorious. Not because you don't see that you're all that, and a, you know, come on. The reason I'm going to choose you is you're going to walk in a new identity, and when you realize that, one day you're going to wake up and go, there was no way I could have done that without the help of God in my life. Here he is. He's in a wine press. I'm going to come back to the wine press in about 10 seconds. But here's what happens. Eventually he'll get out of the wine press. He asks God for sign after sign after sign, which is, a, listen, let's, he goes from the sign, okay, I'm convinced. He calls an army together, gets about 32,000. Well, that's a lot of men, but the enemy's so great, you can't even number them, they said. It was like, you know, like a sand on the seashore. Whenever you get that illustration, just say, it was a lot against us. God will bring that number of 32,000 on the good guy's side down to 300. And they'll do some crashing of lanterns and yelling, and, and it'll scare, not... Not kill the enemy at this point, but just scare them to death. Ah! And all the numbers that are so great to count of the enemy will run so fast, they'll run all the way back to their homeland, and the 300 men will collect good guys from Israel all the way, another army, to defeat that 
skedaddling army that's running from the children of God. Now let's go back, because that's not my story, and I could get a lot of your attention, and a lot of the time that we have left was something that I'm not trying to make a point on. I'm trying to make a point of here he is in a wine press, and God is coming on him to give him a, listen, a new identity, a new belief system that is going to be different than anything that he's experienced up to this time in his life. I need you to hear this because it's spoken to me hundreds of times, it seems like, in the last two weeks. If God shows up right now to speak into your life something that you're doing and saying, stop. Or if you're doing something, keep doing it and more. Whatever it is, if God shows up in your life and speaks to you and says, keep doing it or get up and do it, come on. I got some great things in store for you. Listen, this is my message. I've been thinking all day about what it is. One thing that I need you to know is when God speaks into your life, do you have too much of a belief system based on your own experiences? I'm not saying it's not reality. Based on your own experience to go, God, I'm not that. I can't do that. I'm retired I don't do that anymore. I don't try. Do you know how old I am? I don't run anymore. Whatever. I'm tired. And today there might be young people here that go, you know, I don't have enough experience. I I can't speak in front of people. If you have any of those things speaking into your identity, you can relate to a man that's in a wine press that we're kind of, look at this guy. What is he thinking? But I want you to see and use this as a parallel because if you're there today, you will leave this place feeling better. Here's Gideon, Gideon, and because of a painful past, He could write down, I guarantee you, just like you and I, we could write down all the things that have happened in our life that's been bad. You know, I talk about ankle biters. Do do you know what an ankle biter is? Just those little things that are always biting your ankles that are, get off. It seemed like I've been hit with a couple of those, two, three, four of those things. I have some cows And those cows don't need anything, but they do need a tractor to put out hay, right? The tractor would not start this week. (laughs) Circumstance. No big deal. I got over that. Do you know that I roast coffee? The the coffee roaster fuse blew, and I thought it was going to catch on fire. (laughs) I'm looking for the wine press. Where's the wine press? Let me sit in there for a while. I have a nice truck that God blessed me with. I went around the corner on, at a nighttime and a... Can you feel me? Huh? Look at, look at me. Huh. 
And just for your information, I told you that, and I don't need anybody here coming up going, what'd you do there, Pastor? I already got that. Already been there. Don't need that. I already realized I've seen it many times, took a picture of it. (sighs) Can you give me a few of yours? You know you can. Just those little things that happen in your life, and they're going to continue to happen. But God is speaking to him on this day saying, I want to give you something different, Gideon. I am calling you out of that mindset, that identity of you're a nobody. And he begins to argue with the angel. Let me remind you, those that know what I'm talking about, because you've read this story before, and apply it to your life. God shows up in your life. Do you begin to go, you know what? Let me tell you why I can't. Really what you're saying is why I won't. See, Gideon says, I can't because, you know, if if really you say that God's with me, then why, why, what? There's so many whys. There's not too many whys in faith once you get to that place of putting your faith in God. Because the why, he says, is because why is God forsaken us? Because we're in this reality. All I've heard about God is the good of the past. There's nothing happening in my life. He says, because you're going to do it. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to be with you. He begins to argue, I'm the least. Uh, my clan is the least. In my, let me tell you, you can fill in any excuse. And let me tell you, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat you up with excuses. I just know John Miller enough that I can become an, an excuse king. We could play a TV show on beat that excuse, huh? Can't we? Here's Gideon, and he's a good guy. And he's, he's an Israelite. He's a child of God. But he has, he has embraced the wrong identity of who he is as a child of God. I, I have so much that I could say about that. God has given us a new identity. I, I want you to, if you're taking notes, write this passage down. In Isaiah 43, is one has become one of my favorite, and partially because of the TV show that's out now called The Chosen. I don't know if you're, the first episode is Mary Magdalene, and it's, I have called you by name because you are mine. I have redeemed you, and I've called you by name. I have redeemed means I've ransomed you. I paid the ransom to God says, I've done that because you are mine. In Isaiah then 43, then go to Isaiah 62, 2, which says, you will be called a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow, giving you a new identity. Can we get to the place of embracing a new identity of what God has spoken over our life? I'm not saying based on what the world says. Not based on your truck getting damaged. God, that was my favorite truck. I've never had a truck like that. Are you kidding me? That tractor won't start. It started six weeks ago. 
I want you to think about this. As we embrace it, then it, it should be common sense, but it's not. But to, the second thing is to living by your new identity. If you look at Judges chapter 6, that whole story of Gideon in the wine press, really what I sum it up is God says, get out. You have a choice to realize I'm here with a new identity for you to get in, to get out of that wine press that, that, that torments you of a painful past that keeps you in that wine press, hiding. I, I'm no good anymore. I've just heard about it, but I'm not good enough to experience it. The feelings of being afraid or inadequate. To embrace what God has given you takes a whole nother level of faith. Believing that God's going to not only give you an identity, but act out to actually show you that new identity working in your life. When you read a passage in the New Testament, Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. There's people that will argue all day. That word everything, does he really mean everything? Does that mean everything? Because I've, Do you know what I'm talking about? It's almost like they hope it's not really true because it's never been true in my life. Let, let me put it this way. There's, there's sometimes that God opens a door that there's no, no way that you can mess up. The children of Israel, as they're crossing the Red Sea, the Egyptian army is coming down on them. They don't have a lot of options. If you know the kind of that geographical location, they cannot go back because the enemy's coming. They can't be spread out if they just run for it because they're going to be cut down easier. And the only way is the Red Sea. There's no way. And God parts the Red Sea through obedience to Moses. So let's go. So it's not a whole hard you know, it's not, let me think about it. Do I want to? No, they go. But the story changes when they come up later to go into the promised land and they have to cross another river. It just so happens it's at, at the time of year when it's at the floodplain. I mean, it's at the, so they can't just go, well, let's find a low spot. So God asked them to walk in obedience. This is where it gets hard, guys. When you have faith that you've got to walk by faith and not by sight, which includes emotions, how, how do you feel today? Do you think God loves you today? Because he did yesterday, but the day before you said he didn't because you didn't feel good. How is it today? Do you see how that can guide you? They come up on the Jordan River and God tells them that the Ark of the Covenant, it's a chest that they've been carrying that represents him, the presence of God. It, it's but I want you to tell the priests that are carrying that to walk out into the middle of the water. Do what? They have to walk out into the middle of the water until their feet get wet, and then the water is going to stop upstream and continue to flow until it goes, and then they can cross on dry. It's a total different thing than God parting waters and they walking across to, you know, like curtains of water. There's times in our life that God provides that open door that is easy. And I don't know about you, but I'm all for those. Where I don't even really need to make a choice. You know, there's not even like two choices. There's like one A and one B. They're both, the, do you want to walk forward or do you want to walk forward fast? You know, something like that. 
But when you have to act in faith and you go, you know what? I, I got 14 options. And, and I, I got the one that you're telling me doesn't really make sense. Time and time in my life, I, I'm, you know what? I, following the Holy Spirit, you look so much smarter than really you are. If you've never experienced that, you haven't lived life yet. You can jump out of a plane for adventure. It's nothing as an adventure as trusting the Lord. I'm a city slicker as city slicker. I got, man, I'm wet behind the ears. I'm such a city slicker. And I get this idea to raise cows on top of it, small cows. Who would ever want a small cow? Crazy blessed because of small cows. Gwen and I, we didn't know which side had the horns, really. What, what, what is that? Are they all bulls? No. The females can have horns, too. God has brought blessing into our life just because we... I stopped. God, a pastor can't make any money. I've been faithful. I'm tired of threshing wheat in his wine press. Can, can, do you know what I'm saying? Can, can you... Can you wait in? Embracing your identity isn't going to be easy because there will be circumstances that will come almost regularly talking about how you're crazy. And the people will stand out the door in line to tell you that until you settle it in your heart, the things that God has spoken over your life. Let me, I was going to insert this later, but look at this. When God gives you an identity and, and then it's up to you to embrace it and something there is trying to steal it like the enemy came in and stole and destroyed everything. If you go to Matthew chapter 13 in the New Testament, it's the parable of the sower. And this is Jesus talking and he says that the word of God is like seed. And a farmer or a planter goes out and he starts scattering seed. Do you remember that story? Now one hand in the place. Let me tell you this story. That the seed, some of it falls on uh, the path. And, and the seed is, is able to produce, remember. But because it fell on the path, birds came down and was able to get it, eat it, steal it. The next fell on rocky ground and because it had very little root even even the this it, it can produce a crop but because of the soil that it landed in when the sun came up the persecution you know the hard days the tractor not starting you ding your vehicle you got to get new tires They've been 100,000 miles on the... I don't know why they wore out. Does anybody ever save for a maintenance? What? Anyway. Have you ever seen those Formula One cars that have smooth tires? That's what my car one time looked like when we first got here. Huh? Look at it. They're not supposed to look like that, John. You need new tires. What? I don't want to spend the money on tires. fell on rocky ground, didn't have enough uh, soil to produce, and, and when the sun came, it burned it. 
The last one, when it fell on what? Did anybody remember the story? Hmm? There's, there's, there's thorns, rocky, and what's the first one? The path. Three different kinds of soil or different locations, but something was always trying to steal it. The seed. Jesus explains it to the disciples like this. The word of God in all three of those locations was the word of God going forth and people received it and in almost every, they were joyful. Wow, revelation, changed life, new identity. I'm going to walk in that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a new life because of what God has done for me. But listen to me. As soon as hard times came, as soon as persecution, because of they, they began to go, oh, I'm not really sure about this. This is what's happening in the Old Testament that Jesus will speak to. Even though the identity of Gideon and the Israelites have been spoken, if you just follow my commands, all this is going to happen to you, the good stuff. just go to the third and final point that I want to make in this. Acknowledging God's presence is with you. This is my experience based on the word of God is the only way that you will embrace a new identity that God's word speaks over your life And the only way that you'll walk in that new identity of the word of God speaking into your life, who you are, is to acknowledge that the presence of God is with you and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. This is in the middle of the storm that you have to know this before you go into the storm. Because if you don't know it, and and sometimes it it seems, come on, let me, it feels, all of the experience, all the people that are telling you, you're wrong. When it's based on the word of God, you're walking by his promise and not by other people's experiences or their belief system. Listen, most people, Let's just use nobody that's here. It's people that aren't even believing. They'll they'll build up their own belief system. And listen, that's what the majority of people in the world will follow. And if God does come through, and they go, you know what? You never know what God's going to do. God works in mysterious ways. That's not even biblical. God gives Gideon a promise. And if you look at it over and over, really it comes down to here's the promise. He does it. He does not at first tell him how it's going to happen. He does not even give him the end in mind. But he says, this is it. The reason why you can embrace your new identity as a warrior, a child of God, is simply because I will be with you as you go defeat the enemy. Matthew 28, 20, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. 
let me encourage you before we go today. I just I, I want to challenge you. I just, before tomorrow noon, I want you to kind of first of all see where you're at because if you're in a place that you're lost, and I ask, I would like to help you get to where you want to go, and I say, where are you? And you say, I have no idea. I can't give you directions. So the first thing that I want you to do is write down what the enemy has been speaking over your life and your identity that maybe, maybe that you're walking in today. Maybe you have seen so many things happen bad in your life that you failed at that you would call yourself failure Fred. Maybe you feel like you've been cheated out of maybe something at work, somebody did something wrong to you, and you've been cheated Bob. And that's what you've been walking in. Somebody has mis- misused you, they've, they've abused you, they've, they didn't do what you thought was going to happen, and you've been deceived. And you think, you know what, I'm deceived Jim, whatever your name. I want you to think about that. Because that's where Gideon was. He was in a place where he says, I'm a nobody. What you're asking me, God, and what you're speaking over my life is not how I feel. Based on all my history and experiences that line up. And as you're in that place, by faith, I'm going to encourage you to begin to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to show you how He sees you in a new name. Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now let me ask you, which do you want to be marked with? Because here's the conclusion of my message today about Gideon. Realize that you'll find out that Gideon has sons. He has children. His action of getting out and walking in a new identity will affect them and his family. But it will affect his wife. It will affect his, if he's got uncles and aunts. It will affect the people of his town, his clan. Remember, they're the least of the least. It will affect them, his decision of walking in his new identity. It will affect his tribe, thousands and thousands of people, but more important, it'll affect the whole country of Israel if he chooses to walk in the identity that God has for his life. Now, anytime that we talk about David charging Goliath or any kind of amazing story, we always go, in in our own life, we go, well, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be rallying an army to chase out the Amorites. Do you realize that if you walk in your identity as a mighty man of God, that you're affecting your grandchildren? But here's what a lot of times we forget. We're affecting the children that haven't even come into existence yet. I have been blessed with a family that I'm I'm fifth generation of believers in, in my past and 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 fathers that spoke into their sons that turned into my grandfather. 
and my grandfather speaking into the life of his son, which is my father, that spoke into the life of me, that now I'm speaking in the life of you. See, sometimes you go, well, I don't really influence people in my life. Oh, yes, you do. And I, maybe I'm speaking a new identity into you. Oh, yes, you do. Leadership is nothing more than influence. And you influence people on a pretty much a daily basis if you see people. You can do this. That's influence. When you wake up in the morning, and you begin to run through this in your mind. Here's what I'm going to encourage you. To read passages of Scripture that God speaks into your life. Instead of saying, you know what, based on my experience, I am a loser. I've done all this bad stuff because of what Jesus, not you, what Jesus did on the cross for you then qualifies you to be the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Your sin's gone. Well, let me tell you about, don't be talking about those are gone. Well, pastor, I don't know if I can be married again. I've been divorced. It's gone. Get going. Forget that. Let's go on. You know, I I failed in business, went bankrupt. It's gone. It's a new day. That is not your identity. Go on. Tomorrow is going to be up to you if you allow God to speak into your life. It's a new day. Let's pray. Father, I have spoken your word over these wonderful people today. And God, help us all to to grasp the urgency of, Father, what is going on in our families and in our lives and in our children, all of the people that are in our life, that, God, that we do not live as an island to ourselves. But, God, when we make a decision and a choice, God, that affects the people that we work with, people that need us, people that we live with, people that we'll see next month that we don't even know that, God, that you'll bring across our path. And, Father, as we walk in it being a new day, and, God, because just like you told the Israelites that they had never been this way before and they had to trust to follow you. God, again, I remind us all, not something that we don't know, maybe not something that we haven't you know, heard, but, God, to remind us to be ready when the storm comes, when the ankle biters start biting, when the complaining comes, excuses come, that God, that when all we can do is stand, we stand some more. And Father, you said in James that God, it's that, it's that trials and tribulations that works our patience. And patience then will develop maturity in us and will lack nothing. Because, God, in those trials and tribulations, we're learning to walk in the identity that you've spoken over our life. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? Because, God, you said that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. 
God, even to the ends of the age, God, you'll be with us. There's nothing too hard for you. Therefore, you're with us, God. So there's nothing too hard for that, God, that we've overcome this world. Why? Because you overcame the world. And God, we're your children. Father, you blessed us. And God, we acknowledge that we walk in a new identity. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I know you got some great takeaways from that message. Well, if you're our first-time guest today, we welcome you. There is a connection card in the seat back in front of you. If you'll just take that and fill it out and give it to one of the ushers as you leave, we'd love to stay connected with you. You can stay connected with us by becoming by liking us on Facebook and check us out on Instagram. It will keep you updated as to the happenings of the church, so we want you to be uh, a part of what's happening here. There are a couple of giving opportunities that you have through this Christmas season. You uh, all know if you attend regularly that we are partners with World Gospel Outreach, a children's home in Honduras. And so there are 24 uh, youngsters that are at risk that are housed in that Christian community, and we get to be a part of what they're doing there. And so our church actually has been there on several mission trips, and they are excellent partners. Uh, and we are pleased to sponsor those 24 children this Christmas. Each child can be sponsored for $40 during the month of December. You know, I mentioned that for the first time last week, and that's right at $1,000 for all of those to be sponsored. So a family came up to me after church and said, we'll cover them all. We're giving 1000 Yeah, you're a generous bunch. <clears throat> So John and I were like, well, let's sponsor them for January. Let's sponsor them for the first quarter. You can still give to World Gospel Outreach. Just make a note on your envelope if you're giving in person. You can also give online. We want to bless them and make sure their 2024 is fully funded so we can be a part of that as a church. We encourage you to just uh, pray about that and decide what you would like to do. The other giving opportunity is we have a couple of families that are in need, and um, I will tell you, this church is blessed. It's hard to find a family in need in this church. Did you know that? We're like, okay, uh, do you know anybody? There's just, we, we are, I, I mean, everybody's blessed. And so, yeah, so you're the ones that wanna give. And so that's why you're blessed, because you're a giving bunch. And so uh, we are extending beyond the four walls of this church and looking for families to sponsor. And we have found two with other ministries, um, women that are serving in a shelter. Uh, Alive at Last, the, the organization where I'm executive director, is actually one of those families that's being served. A uh, mother that was formerly incarcerated, she has found Jesus. She's living in a shelter with her three children, and they have a Christmas list. So we want to bless them and let mom go shopping. And so you may give to sponsor a family, make a note in your online giving as you uh, sponsor that family, or you can give in person and make a note on your envelope. All right, are you ready for the announcements? This is a great month to be a part of a church family. We want you to come every week, and not just that, but invite your friends. You know, at the Thanksgiving season when we had uh, all-church Thanksgiving lunch, wasn't that fun? There were a couple of people that told John and me, this is my only Thanksgiving. My family doesn't live here, and 
me and my husband, it's just us. And so this is all we do for Thanksgiving. If we don't buy a turkey just for ourselves or, or whatever. So I don't know who among us, your family may be somewhere else. We want your Christmas to be amazing. So make sure you're here each Sunday in the month of December. Next Sunday is Christmas at the chapel. So we want you to be a part of that service. It starts a little early at 10 a.m. You want to come and enjoy Christmas brunch. It's an opportunity for us to hang around and, and chat with each other before, before service starts. Um, don't miss Christmas at the chapel next week. You'll hear an amazing Christmas service, a Christmas message from our pastor, and then you'll also enjoy great Christmas music. So don't miss that next week. Children will be blessed as well next week. They can wear their favorite PJs and enjoy waffles, and it's going to be a great time for them with games and all of that. We want our children always to think that church is the best place to be. December 24th, Christmas Eve, lands on a Sunday this year, and so we want you to be here for our traditional, uh, it's a habit that we do a candlelight service on Christmas Eve. We want you to be here. There's only one service on that Sunday. It's Christmas Eve at 6 p.m., so be here for that service. Invite your friends and family. They need hope. They need to be here and hear the true message of Christmas. Um, our children will be joining us in the sanctuary. It'll be a family-style service on Christmas Eve. So we, we want you to enjoy that and be part of it as well. Would you stand with me? A final announcement I have for you is there's an opportunity for you if you'd like to be part of an outreach team. So it's a fun event. Um, Curtis and Callie, uh, have, they were actually the 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 folks that led our summer evangelism class, and they, they asked, hey, do you think anybody would be interested in going out and doing caroling? And I thought, how fun. I haven't done that since I was in college. But, um, you know, recently when they were doing their evangelism class and they went door to door, they were widely received. They didn't know how it would be after COVID. So they just kind of expressed to John and I, and we prayed together with them. Not sure how people will, uh, you know, feel us, us knocking on their door. And, hey, we're, come, we're from the church down the street, and people just opened their doors, came out, talked, received Jesus. We had eight saved in the fall, so it's just amazing. You know, people really want to hear the message of truth and hope, and they want to meet a friendly face. Some of them don't know where to go to church, so there's an opportunity. On December 21st, Thursday evening at 6 p.m., there's a group going caroling. If you want to be part of that caroling group, you might not sing that well, but you just enjoy going along. You can do that. There'll be enough of us that'll cover up those of you that are just not quite sure what to sing. And so um, it's going to be fun. You don't want to miss it. There will be a meeting today at the front of the sanctuary. Curtis and Callie will give you details immediately following the service. That's something you might want to take advantage of. May I bless you as you go. Lord, I thank you for our church family. I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray blessing on their life this week. I pray blessing on their Christmas season. May they experience like never before a fresh newness in their faith, a fresh new experience in you as you reveal to them in a new way the reason for this season and that is celebrating Jesus as our Savior. So we dedicate ourselves to do that as a church family. I pray blessings on each one today individually as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week ahead.